My entire marriage is an obligation. I'm motivated by obligation. I mean, you look at all the things Madison has done for me. She helped me through classes I was struggling with in college. She's been a beacon for me, both in my personal disciplines and also my spiritual disciplines. She's helped me and aided me through so many problems of my life. There are all these things that I am struggling with. And, you know, she's, I'm in debt. And so everything I do, I do to pay back a debt. Uh, in fact, I've created this checklist and it's kind of long created this checklist. And what is this checklist? It's all the things I have to do to pay back Madison. And every time I do one of these things, I can check the box and say, for that day, I've paid back the debt that I owe my wife. In fact, that is why I'm married at all. It's just a giant process of paying back a debt. I'm obliged to. That's what motivates me. Just doing the things, the checklisted things to pay back the perceived debt that I have towards my wife. My marriage is nothing more than an economy. I do because she did. I give because she gave. And it's just a series of debt and payments. What a wonderful marriage would that be? See, if I were to tell you something like that, what would your first thought be? Perhaps it's that, you, that I've missed the point in marriage. That it's not just about paying back your spouse. It's not about creating a checklist of things you can give back to her, right? No, it's something more than that. It's not just obligation that should motivate you. Because she gave, you have to contrive things to give back. That's not the point of marriage. It's not an economy where you do X because she does Y and you guys have these bank accounts that, that you know, you do something, she's in debt, she pays you back so that you're in debt and back and forth it goes in this very rigid, legalistic view of relationship. That's not the point. And you know that and I know that. And you would tell me that and I would tell you that. And if my marriage was, which by the way, it's not, like what I just described, there would be some unhealthy and dangerous parts of that relationship. And we all see that when it comes to spouses, but when it comes to God, many of us still live in that kind of model. That I do the things I do to appease God, to pay back God for what he's done. Not motivated out of love because I want to do the things, but out of obligation, I have to do the things to try to pay him back. We talked a little bit about this in worship, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more as we go through the rest of the series, that God doesn't want your obligation. God wants your love. God wants you not to be motivated by a legalistic sense of economy. I have to pay him back. But motivated out of a sense of relationship that we want to be with him. Worship, evangelism, service, and discipleship are often checks that we try to cash to pay back the debt of the cross. And those checks will always bounce because it's not about taking something and giving it to God to try to pay back the debt. No, it's about doing it because we're motivated by love to do it. Worship isn't supposed to be something we can checklist off to say, God, this week I paid this much back. No, it should be something to say, God, I can't wait to be in your presence again. And evangelism is no different. Evangelism isn't just something to say, God, you know, today I told three people about you. See good how see how good I'm doing, God. No. Evangelism is supposed to be about our passion and motivation, motivated in love, to give back. 
to the Christ who gave it to us and to change the world with him and through him. It's a motivation to say, God, I want to do what you're doing. I want to do it with you. I want to do it beside you. And I want to work with with your imperial proclamation. I want to work within your imperial reign. I want to have a, a role in your kingdom and in your family. God, do this with me. Evangelism is an action of love that should be motivated by love, not motivated by obligation. See, we're motivated by love because we love first, I love my king. Second, I love my kingdom. And third, I love myself. And these three motivations of love explain why we evangelize. It should explain why we evangelize. And notice on that list, there isn't an obligation. I have to do it in order to be a good Christian. No. I have to do it to pay back? No. I have to do it to check my legal little box? No. I'm motivated because of my love to Jesus, my love to his kingdom, and his love and my love for me. Let's break these down this morning as we address the question, why evangelize? First, my king. In the Roman world, there was this statue. It was a statue of an eagle put on a giant pole. It was called an imperial standard, and it would be carried in the front of every Roman legion. These standards ended up growing to almost mythic proportions because they were the symbol of the emperor himself. They were the symbol of Caesar. And that symbol of Caesar was carried into battle. It was of premier importance to keep this statue alive, to keep this statue visible at all times during the battle. And one of the worst things that could happen is if you lose or are defeated and lose your standard. Because the standard represented the emperor himself. And it was a symbol of joy and peace to the world, at least those of those of the people who were, you know, allies to Rome. Imagine for a second you live in the year 9, B, 9 AD and you're, you're living right on the Rhine River. Constantly, daily, you're being attacked or pillaged by, by German bands of, of scouts and thieves. You know people who have died because of their bloodlust and all of this, and it's a horrible lifestyle. And then one morning, you hear rumbling on the ground. You prepare yourself, expecting it to be a German war band. Look out your window, and lo and behold, right as the sun is rising, you see it shining off of this gold eagle. And you know, deep down in your heart, that's the emperor, and we're saved. There is joy that comes when you see the standard of the emperor. And it's so important. It's so important to keep that in your view, to keep, uh, to, to keep yourself around it. Because as long as you're around that Roman imperial standard, the, the standard of the emperor, you know that you are protected by his might and his power. You know that you are protected by his beneficence and his goodness. And you know beyond all else that you have found salvation under the imperial standard. Guys, we have an imperial standard too. And ours is a heck of a lot more powerful than a golden eagle. See, ours is the symbol of the cross. This standard of the cross is the thing we carry with us everywhere we go. It's the thing that should drive us and move us forward. And when it comes to evangelism, it is the epitome of what this imperial proclamation is. It is the imperial symbol of our King Jesus. And no matter what room we walk into, no matter what place we go, we should be carrying that standard with us. And the first question I have is, are you? 
Do you carry the example of the cross with you everywhere you go? Do you love your king so much that you're motivated to carry his standard into every battle, into every moment of life, into the grocery store trips and into going to get gas in your car, at the water cooler and by the coffee pot? Are you carrying the standard of the cross with you, the standard of our king with you? But the second question I have is this. Does that standard of the cross inspire joy and hope to those around you? Like the Roman imperial uh, eagle did? Let me ask a more touchy question. If you stopped doing what you're doing for God, right? Let's say you stopped your lifestyle that you're living in Christ. Would anyone around you know? Would anyone around you realize that there is a light that's been extinguished? Would anyone around you realize, like the Roman Imperial Legion eagle being gone, that something is missing, the protection, the hope, the joy, the light, it's gone? When you walk in a room and you don't have that cross with you, if you're not carrying Christ with you into those moments, does the world around you seem to freeze? Does it know that something's gone, that the heat and the warmth that, that you exude, the life that you've been giving is, is been sucked out of them? Would there be that noticeable void? And let me be honest and say, for me at least, that's not always true. Is it true for you? See, if we're, if we're motivated by love for our king, then we're going to carry his imperial standard everywhere we go. And we're going to bring that cross to the world in our actions and in our deeds, the deeds that bring life to people now. Every action we do that feeds the hungry, that clothes the naked, that cares for the sick, that brings hope and peace to the suffering. All of that is an, is an example of how to bring our standard to the world. But guys, here's our problem. If we do bring that standard to the world, we have to keep bringing it because that is going to be their life source that drives them to finding God. We're motivated by love to bring Christ's imperial standard into the world so we can show people the beauty of the king that we serve. We have this love inside of us for Jesus Christ, King Jesus. And we want the world to fall in love with him like we've fallen in love with him. We want the world to see him as beautiful like we've seen him as beautiful. But that means we have to work on it. Why evangelize? Because I am motivated by love for my king to bring his cross to the world. And to show it. Like the imperial eagle. And to bring people life through it. Do you carry this cross everywhere you go? And if you put it down, would everyone around you know? Have you been a source of life to those in your circle? Have you been that that joy to those people in your circle? When you walk in bearing the marks of Jesus Christ, does the world around you know? And are you showing them an accurate picture of that Savior? Why evangelize? Because we're motivated by love for our king to show him and his standard to the world. Hebrews chapter two, or 12 verse 2 says that we must look ahead to Jesus. He is the one who carved out the path of faith. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 17 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 10, we're to carry the marks of Jesus on our bodies everywhere we go. 
And I think perhaps most powerfully in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, we're talked about how we have to be the triumphal entry. Every room we walk into bringing the fragrance of the Messiah to the world. Like carrying the Roman legion through town, we are to carry this imperial proclamation of the cross to the world through our actions. Christ motivates our direction. He defines our identity. And he is our triumph. And we move to the world in evangelism for King, for my King Jesus. Number two, we do it for love of the kingdom. Empires expand. That's what empires do. That's what they've always done. And the reason empires like to expand is because they believe that what they are standing for is worth expanding. Rome did this all the time. Their economy was advanced. Their infrastructure was advanced. Their society was cultured and, and very educated. They believed that the world needed more of that empire. So they expanded. They expanded because of the pride they had for their country. They expanded because that's what they felt they needed to do for the goodness of the world. They needed to expand to bring their ideals to the world around them. America's no different, though we aren't quite the same kind of imperial force that they were. We still expand our interests all across the all across the world. How many times do we engage in conflicts overseas because we're trying to bring democracy or our, our liberal ideologies to the world? How many times do we do things like try to influence nations to take on our form of economy or our form of, of legislation because we believe that what we have is the best. It, it works. And so we, out of love of country and love of ideals, preach that to the world and try to get people to change their ways. Why? So we can expand America's ideals to cover the world. They believe, we believe that what we're fighting for is worth fighting for. And what we're trying to do for others is for their benefit. This is what empires do. This is what empires have always done. And it's what our empire should do as well. We all, well, many of us know and understand what American patriotism is, right? You love your country. You love what it stands for. You love the flag. Do you have that same kind of love for your kingdom of heaven? You believe that American ideals should be the standard by which the world governs itself. That all nations should take on our forms of economy or legislation or yada, 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 whatever. You believe that. Because you're a patriot and you love the flag. How much more than should that be true of us who are supposed to be members of the kingdom of heaven? How much more joy should the kingdom of heaven's ideals bring? How much more should those things motivate us? How much more should we want to expand the empire of heaven to the world around us? Because we know definitively that what God is offering is better than what the world is offering. If we care enough about menial things like Republican or Democratic ideals or capitalism, socialism, whatever, if we care enough about that to expand our interests across the world, how much more should we care about interests like salvation and life and joy and hope and forgiveness? How much more should we carry the, the ideals of our empire to the world around us? We should be expanding and we should want to expand, not out of obligation, not out of a checklist, but out of a deep and meaningful love for the kingdom we're in. This kingdom of heaven has liberated us from every chain. It's taken away every burden we have. We don't have to affiliate with a broken world anymore. We don't have to feel tied to any political system or structure. We don't have any kind of, of these, these marks against us. Man, woman, slave, free, all of us are equal in Jesus Christ. There is this joy that comes from being in the kingdom of heaven, a kingdom that will never fall and will never falter. That's the beauty of the empire that we're in. And that's the love for the empire should motivate us to expand the empire to others. 
Our love for our country, the kingdom of heaven, should be enough to bring and draw people in. It should be enough of a motivation that we want to live the kingdom to the world around us so that the world can see what exactly it means to be a part of this nation we love so much. Isaiah chapter 42 verses 5 through 7 talks about this coming kingdom, the one that we're now in. He says this, uh, this is what the true God says, the Lord says, the one who created the sky and stretched it out, the one who fashioned the earth and everything that lives in it, the one who gives breath to all people and life to all. I, the Lord, officially commission you, you and me. I take hold of your hand and I protect you and make you a covenant mediator for people, a light to the world, to open blind eyes, to release prisoners from dungeons, and to liberate those who live in darkness. That's the call of our kingdom. And isn't that a call worth fighting for? Ronald Reagan, in a speech that I have, as I've gotten older, really learned to not like as very much, called America a light, a city on a hill. A city on a hill to the world. And on the surface, that's fine, but Jesus said that we're the city on the hill. Not America, but heaven. And if we believe so much in our earthly kingdom's ideals, how much more should we believe in our actual kingdom's ideals? And if America can bring democracy and liberty, and we believe that's worth fighting for, how much harder should we be fighting to give sight to the blind, to release prisoners from dungeons, those who are chained to sin and addiction and hardship and depression and anxiety? How much more should we be motivated for those people to invite them into the kingdom, the inclusive kingdom, that changes and transforms them. We are the city on a hill, a light to the world, the one that can draw them in and bring them to our kingdom and to our King Jesus. We're motivated to evangelize first because of our love for the King and his imperial standard, the cross, that we believe the world needs. We are, second, we, we are motivated in love for our kingdom and the greatness that it is and what it stands for, the ideals of peace and joy and love and inclusion and salvation and forgiveness. We are motivated to evangelize, to bring people into that kingdom that we love. And thirdly, we are motivated for ourselves. We are motivated for ourselves. The reality is the New Testament teaches a message of transformation, not just a spiritual transformation, but a physical transformation, not just an emotional or mental, but all of it. We're transformed from the very essence of who we are, the bottom of our souls on. We are all motivated and transformed through the image of Jesus Christ. At least we should be. That's, that's what we should be striving for. And you know what? This transformation isn't easy and it's not comfortable. There's a lot of things that happen in it that are difficult and a lot of things that we have to confront and overcome. But the reason that we want to continue the process of evangelism is because we love what, what's happening inside of us through the Holy Spirit. We love our transformation enough that we want it to keep going. So we do it out of love for us and our own transformation. See, the reality is the more we evangelize, the more transformed we become. Because the more we're living for king and for country, from Jesus and the kingdom of heaven, the more we are motivated to think like Jesus and act like the kingdom. 
The more we, we, we carry the imperial standard of the cross to the world, the more we begin to reflect the cross in our actions. And the more people we bring into the kingdom, the better we become. Evangelism is this beautiful cycle of transformation where as we are transformed, we are motivated in love to bring that to the world. And as we do that, we are again transformed to a deeper level and the cycle continues until eventually we look back and the person we are wasn't the person we were. And we thank God for the transformation that's happened inside. One of the biggest moments of this transformation came when I was a junior in college during a chapel talk at Freed Hardeman University. It was on the idea of evangelism. And the lecture started, you know, the song leader got done and sat down and the speaker didn't get out of his chair. He just pressed a button and on the screen appeared a picture that literally caused the audience to gasp. It was a picture of Jesus Christ sitting on his knees, washing Osama bin Laden's feet. If you haven't seen this picture, go Google it. And there was a ripple of discomfort throughout the whole Lloyd Auditorium. I mean, everyone was tensed up. What is that? Why? That's, that's not right. That doesn't look good. And not only that, but as the initial shock wore off, we saw that there were dictators in seats next to Osama and Jesus was about to wash their feet too. And there was a part of us and all of us that went, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that is not okay. And then the speaker got up and asked a very simple question. Does that offend you? And if so, why? Didn't Jesus come to wash the feet of the sinners? And didn't Jesus come to die for those people? Didn't Jesus spend his life serving those who oppose him? And didn't Jesus even die trying to forgive rather than to kill? Didn't Jesus live a life of radical self-sacrificial love to the other, even the most extreme other, to the one who wanted to kill him, to Pilate, to the Jews, to the Pharisees, to Judas? Did he not the night before he died wash the traitor's feet and eat with him? Then why would we have a problem with him doing it with Osama? And the reality that hit me from that and he, what he would go on to say was that as long as evangelism is a peripheral part of our life, that picture will always offend us. But the minute that that picture, the, the minute we bring evangelism into our soul, the idea that we love God enough, we love the kingdom enough to save anyone, to try to talk to anyone about him, to bring life to anyone, even those who the world would call our enemies, even Osama bin Laden, even ISIS, anybody, if we are motivated by love for God and for country to reach those people, to do whatever we can to help those people accept and find Christ, but even if they don't, just to bring them joy, just to bring those those people life, washing their feet, clothing them, feeding them, caring for them. As we start to try to live out this evangelistic calling for love of for king and country, we will notice that the love within ourselves changes. And that picture, once grotesque and disgusting, is actually a beautiful, beautiful reminder and representation of what it means to be a Christian. It means washing the feet of those the world would call our enemy, but we don't. It means, the, it means caring for those who are different than us and even against us. Those who even want to hurt us, we care for anyway. Evangelism is the tool by which that picture goes from a grotesque image to a beautiful example of the cross. And evangelism is the tool by which Osama bin Laden goes from evil terrorists who deserves hell to a soul worth saving and bringing life to now. Where are we on this transformation? 
How do you view the world around you? How do I view the world around us? And if the answer is less than what we want, let me offer you this. Continue to live motivated by love for your king. Continue to live motivated out of love for your kingdom and keep pursuing a transformation for yourself. And what you'll find is that this idea of evangelism will radically shift and change your life forever as we all try to live the imperial proclamation of King Jesus to the world. Live for king, for kingdom, and for transformation. Love you guys. Enjoy the rest of your worship.